and welcome back to the Agora, your podcast for discussion and insights about what's happening in Greek politics, the Greek economy, and the society. I'm Phoebe Fronista. And I'm Nick Malkoutsis. It's great to be back with you, Phoebe. And you, of course, dear listeners, uh, we've been away longer than we had planned, uh, but hopefully we can make up for lost time. Obviously, a lot has happened over the last few months, so it was difficult to know from which point to pick up the thread again. But I was intrigued by something Nick wrote recently, so we decided to have a chat about that as we get back into the swing of things. I'm glad I could be of service, uh, Phoebe. Tell me, what is it that you want to know, and I'll try to help. (laughs) Well... You published an article recently on the Macropolis website. That's Macropolis with a C, macropolis.gr for anyone who hasn't already got it saved in their favorites. So the article's titled A Greek Form of Triangulation. And it looks at the political strategy employed by Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis and why it's turned out to be so successful. So fill us in. Sure. Okay, so in January, the Greek Prime Minister was at the World Economic Forum in Davos, and one of his public engagements there, he had quite a few actually, well, one of them was a discussion with the editor of foreign policy magazine, Ravi Agrawal. Most of what they discussed related to geopolitical issues, but they did touch briefly on more day-to-day political matters as well. And it was this part of the chat, Phoebe, that caught my attention because Mitsotakis spoke pretty openly, as it happens, about his political strategy. In other words, the policies and the policy choices he makes, why he makes them on what he hopes to achieve. To my knowledge, as far as I can remember, really, it was the first time that he spoke so openly about this tactical aspect of his premiership. Allowing us a peek behind the curtain, so to speak, to see how the government operates. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a great way of putting it. Okay, before we go on to the great Oz, uh, let's play a clip of that for our listeners. Here's Greek PM Kyriakos Mitsotakis speaking with Raji Agrawal, the editor of Foreign Policy magazine. You know, in, in political science, we frequently use the term triangulation. Uh, and I think what we have... Achieved in Greece is sort of a new form of triangulation by which we have, we are rather liberal when it comes to the economy. So we did cut taxes, uh, we we deregulated, we grew the economy by unleashing the forces of private entrepreneurship. At the same time, we were very present when it was necessary, especially during um, uh, uh, during COVID. So I think we followed a successful economic policy. Uh, I think we were responsible patriots in the sense that uh, we protected our borders when Turkey tried uh, um, to instrumentalize migration back in March 2020. Uh, And uh, we also uh, were rather effective in managing uh, migration. So to those citizens who uh, have uh, sort of greater interest in in these themes, we take those boxes, while at the same time, we were also rather liberal uh, and progressive when it came to our social policies, really focusing on issues of income inequality, uh, supporting people rigorously through uh, um, means-tested policies, so really focused on those who were uh, in in greater need, and also, um, you know, uh, bringing forward um, uh, policies which are not always associated with center-right parties. For example, now um, we are discussing uh, in, in, in Greece a marriage equality. You wouldn't necessarily expect a center-right party 
to be championing uh, this reform. So I think this form of um, uh, triangulation, focusing on economic uh, uh, growth, be responsible patriots, while at the same time be progressive when it comes to uh, topics where one needs to be aligned with how society itself progresses, has worked well for Greece. But again, there is no um, uh, magic formula, and uh, every country has its own peculiarities. Political systems are different. Electoral systems uh, are uh, are different. But this is certainly a strategy that has worked well for us, and I will be making the case that this is also sort of a strategy that needs to be adopted by the European People's Party uh, when we fight um, uh, uh, the next European elections uh, in a few uh, months um, uh, from now, and we do hope that we will again be uh, the, the largest uh, party in the European Parliament. Let me add one more angle to the triangle. Okay, so that was Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis setting out his political strategy for the audience in Davos last month. What stood out for you, Nick? Well, there are a number of things, Phoebe. Let's start with the ideal term of triangulation. It's not something new, as Mitsotakis uh, rightly alludes to in his opening comment. It's been in use in politics probably since the 1990s when an advisor to the then US president, Bill Clinton, suggested it was a way to boost Clinton's popularity. The advisor was William Morris, and his concept was, and I quote, to take the best from each party's agenda and come to a solution somewhere above the positions of each party. So it sounds like a a sensible strategy, if you want. And essentially what it involves is cherry-picking policies from the left and right of the political spectrum and then placing yourself above it all in a place where you are protected from your opponent's criticism and from where you can earn the public's appreciation. And how does that apply in the Greek context? What's Mitsotakis doing to replicate this strategy here? Well, he sets it out quite well in the clip we heard, but in a nutshell, what he's saying is that his government has adopted policies that do not just appeal to the centrist liberals that he personally identifies with most, such as tax cuts and deregulation, but also it's adopted ideas that resonate with voters on the left and the right. So, for instance, regarding the left, he mentioned the state stepping in to provide subsidies, which... New democracy has relied a lot on during COVID, as well as the energy and cost of living crisis we've been through. For the Conservatives on the right, he argued that he and his ministers have acted as quote-unquote responsible patriots, citing Greece's rather effective, as he called it, management of the migration issue as an example of that. That's rather effective. Uh, So something for everyone. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. And you have to say that, to a certain extent, this strategy has worked perfectly in the Greek context. Mitsotakis has been able to deny his opponent's political space. The opposition hasn't really been able to gain traction for any of its ideas over the last five years that new democracy has been in power. Also, the government has usually been able to get the majority of Greeks on board, as measured in opinion polls, with the key policies it adopts. And ultimately, this has fostered strong support for new democracy, but even more so for Mitsotakis uh, personally. His party strolled to victory in last year's two general elections, as you remember, Phoebe, and we covered here on the Agora. It ended up with almost 23 percentage points more than its nearest rival, which is uh, really uh, impressive in a, in a sense. Although his centre-right party has seen its support diminish slightly over the last few months, it still remains way ahead of the others, the other parties, and 
you would have to say, virtually unchallenged. But that's not the whole story, right? You think it's about more than just triangulation. Yeah. So the point I make in the piece is that you can't deny that the political strategy employed by the Mitsotakis government has been very successful in terms of blocking off the opposition and boosting its own popularity. But you have to take into account the specific factors in play in Greece. In other words, the nature of the field on which this strategy is being executed. Because if we're being honest, it's a heavily tilted field, not a level playing field at all. And you argue that actually we're talking about a totally different form of triangulation that's playing a defining role in Greek politics today. Yeah, right. So the three factors I identified are firstly, the weak opposition, the mostly compliant mainstream media, and the compromised institutions that we have in Greece. I feel like We've discussed these issues at one time or another on the Agora. <laughs> yeah, we, we certainly have. They've all come up over the last few years. And for that reason, I, I won't go into great detail, but I just want to give listeners an idea of why these elements are important when looking at the political situation in Greece. The opposition is struggling to make an impact, and that's been the case for a few years now. Left-wing Syriza hasn't been able to recover from its poor results in last summer's elections and the unexpected rise of a new leader, Stefanos Kasselaikis. Meanwhile, centre-left PASOK has not been able to benefit significantly either from Syriza's slide or the recent erosion in New Democracy support. There are also questions about whether PASOK's leader, Nikos Androulakis, has what it takes to re-establish the party as a force in Greek politics. Beyond that, there's a collection of mostly fringe parties that might get some traction over specific issues, but don't seem capable of more than that. But we have to point out that it is much easier for Mitsotakis to keep the opposition penned in when there is usually little scrutiny of his government by the mainstream media, and the task is usually left a small group of independent and investigative outlets that have limited audiences, sadly. And when it comes to the country's institutions, again, there is little oversight. If the government isn't held accountable, it's much easier to be politically dominant, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We saw the way in which the parliamentary inquiry into the wiretapping scandal was reined in by the ruling New Democracy Party, for example. The judicial Indeed. investigation into the use of illegal spyware hasn't led anywhere either, so far at least. Instead, the journalists who reported on the story have appeared in court in Athens over defamation charges. It says a lot. And we're seeing something similar play out with the probe into last year's Tempe train crash in which 57 people tragically lost their lives. Relatives of the victims have made impassioned pleas for, the, for there to be transparency and justice, but at the same time, they're clear that they don't expect there to be any accountability. It's, it's a really sad state of affairs, and this isn't a healthy environment. And I'm not sure what value, ultimately, political dominance has in such an environment. Yeah, that's the crux of it. You mentioned the Tempe inquiry, and I think it's worth mentioning the testimony given by the head of the Relatives Committee, Maria Caristiano, who lost her 20-year-old daughter in the crash. She made the MPs squirm by essentially accusing them of presiding over a whitewash to protect fellow politicians. It was an incredible moment that really resonated deeply with many Greeks who heard her. 
I think one of the phrases she used that has stuck in everybody's minds was that as we discover more about the condition that the Greek railway system was in, the more we realised that it wasn't even safe to transport, as she said, vegetables, let alone people. It was an incredibly emotional moment considering what she and other relatives have been through. And rightly so, it went viral all over the Greek internet. But I guess that the counter-argument to all this would be that there's probably no country on earth with a perfect opposition, media, and institutions, and Greece isn't really any different. What do you think about that? (laughs) (laughs) Look, there's no question that each country has its own problems. But we also have to be clear that the situation in Greece is not typical, normal, or acceptable for a European Union member. The annual Corruption Perceptions Index was published recently by Transparency International. It showed that Greece ranks 59th out of 180 countries surveyed in 2023, falling from 51st place in 2022. This means Greece is one of the lowest-ranked European Union countries. Greece is, in fact, in the 13% of EU and Western European countries with a score below 50. Its score means it's ranked among the countries Transparency International describes as, quote-unquote, flawed democracies. The problems with the country's media were highlighted in a recent report by partner organizations of Media Freedom Rapid Response, MFRR. And a quote from the report states that, at the wider level, the current Greek media landscape can be characterized by a history of unregulated development, a weak economic market battered by multiple financial crises, combined with the heavy influence and interference of political and economic interests. On February the 6th, 17 organizations that monitor and defend the rule of law and human rights in Europe wrote to European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen to express strong concern about the ongoing deterioration of the rule of law and fundamental rights in Greece. These organizations, Phoebe, included Transparency International, Human Rights Watch, and the International Press Institute. And of course, on February the 7th, the plenary of the European Parliament backed a resolution expressing alarm over what were described as breaches to EU values and the rule of law in Greece calling on the European Commission to act. The European Parliament recommended that the Commission use all the tools at its disposal, including reassessing Greece's access to EU funds. Now, none of this means that Greece is a failed state, but it is an indication of the deep flaws that exist. And it's not the kind of stuff that you can just dismiss as the work of foreigners or even Greeks who are supposedly trying to as the quote goes, defame the country, as the government has argued, and some in in, in the local commentators in the local media. No honest, unbiased person can stand back and say that there are no problems in Greece with the judiciary, the media, parliament, corruption, and so on. We We can all see them. We all know them. And to bring it back to the point where we began our discussion, this is not a normal environment in which to accurately judge the effectiveness of any political strategy, really. So the jury's out on the Greek form of triangulation. In fact, Nick, the jury's out on a lot of things in Greece, which is one of the problems that we've discussed on this episode. Yes, the slow pace of justice (laughs) or the lack of justice in its entirety. Uh, I think it's a good point on which 
to conclude our brief discussion here, we've uh, put some links in the show notes that you might find useful if you want to read up further on the subject, which is obviously vast. Thanks again for listening. It's been great to have your company again. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, subscribe, rate, and respond. We love hearing from you. Bye-bye. Yeah, we hope to pick up on some of these issues in upcoming episodes. It's been great to be back. Good to be here with you, Phoebe. Bye-bye. Thank you.